Open your Bibles with me to uh, the book of Philippians. Back in Philippians chapter 3, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 7. I hope you have access to the scripture this morning so you can see that what I'm reading to you is in there. Uh, I would encourage that. And I would also encourage you to have something with you uh, to write with or to take notes on. You never know what the Lord is going to minister to you in these times. And what I've learned is he'll hit me with it. And if I don't catch it, capture it, by the time I leave and have ate lunch, I'm like, now there was something that the Lord shared with me. What, what was that? So give him opportunity to minister to you and you a chance to take that down so that you can meditate on it. Uh, but I want to read in Philippians 3 as we get started today and then pray over the word as we receive it. A little bit of a stretch here, uh, but such a such a full passage of scripture as Paul wrote. But everything that was gained to me, I've considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I've suffered the loss of all things and considered them as dung so that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Not that I have already reached the goal. Or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that we can touch. God, my whole life, I don't have anything in this world that I can put my hands on that has been as faithful as your word, that has been as true as your word, that has been as comforting and strength giving to me as your word. It truly is alive and active and helpful for all things that we have need of. I thank you for giving it to us to reveal your nature and your character. I thank you for revealing it to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And I thank you for hiding it in our hearts that we might not sin against you. We thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. So again, January is a time of beginning of a time we may carry over into February a focus and foundation for us. We're coming out of Advent, not yet starting a new series. That's going to be coming. But, but focus and foundation 
It's a time where we can step back, you know, New Year, same me situation. But we can step back and we can ask bigger questions than normal. Right. Bigger questions of our own selves. Look at our own life more closely than we normally would. Uh, For Christmas, one of the things my wife got me because we had been talking about it was a new mirror. She got me a new mirror for my bathroom. It's one of those that you screw to the wall. It has a little arm that folds out and it's two sided. It flips like this. And on the one side is a regular mirror. And on the other side is a mirror with seven times normal magnification. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When you look at yourself in seven times normal magnification, you see stuff you did not know was there. You're like, wait a second. You look at yourself in the mirror. I like this. This looks good. You look at it seven times magnification. There's nothing hidden. It is all laid bare. And you're like, did I, how did I miss that spot shaving? What is, what, how, what is going on here? Is that, a, how, that's an indention. How did that get there? Why do my eyebrows look this way? There's nothing hidden. And now you can't look in that mirror all the time. You even go cross-eyed on it used to because it's so magnified, but it's helpful, right, from time to time to take a close look. And that's what we're doing during this time. We're taking the new year as an opportunity to, to, to take that closer look and say, where am I right now? Where am I? Where am I in my, I mean, as far as related to anything, but, but for us specifically, where am I in my relationship with God Almighty? Where am I in my relationship with him and where am I in relationship to the others that he has put in my life? And we started in Philippians chapter three last week and we read how Paul's talking about He's like, I've considered these things. I've thought on it. I've taken time. I've meditated on it. I've looked at it. I've weighed them out. I've put them up one, against one another. I've done some considering, some deep thinking, some close looking, and it caused me to reorder some things. Some things I put as ultimate. Some things I put down at poo-poo level. He's like, I thought they were important, but I realized they're not. And I've realized that this is what is really important. And, and we asked the question. We had our little rhyme, right? What are, who are we going to be in 2023? Who am I going to be in 2023? And again, whenever we start taking those close looks, Whenever we start seeing all of our imperfections, whenever we see where we want to be compared to where we are, we can get a little overwhelmed. And and I I want to remind us, I reminded us last week and again today, that when we're taking those close looks, we want to do it from a position of knowing that in him we are fully accepted, even amongst our imperfections, our wrongs that still exist. We're fully accepted in him in Christ Jesus and we are fully loved that he doesn't. He won't love you more as you move further down this path than he does right now. He loves you right now with all of his might and majesty and strength as much as he possibly can right now. So it's from that position of being loved and accepted that I look and say, who am I going to be at the end of 2023? And the answer is I'm going to be more of the direction that I'm headed. I'm going to be more of what I'm already doing or what I choose to do. I'm going to be more of that, which means we need to give more thought to our direction. We need to give more thought to the things that we're doing, because at the end of this year, we're going to just look more like that. 
When I look at myself at the end of this year in that seven times mirror, I'm going to look more of what I already am. I'm not going to look and go, hey, there's a lot more hair on the top of my head now. Well, the wrinkles are going right. It's going to progress based on the track that it is on. And, and we look at that and we consider it so that it'll have an effect on what we do. Not just for fun. Well, where's where's everything at? We look at it and we consider it so that it will have an effect on what we do. And we talked about having an aim for this year. Personally, individually, what is my aim? Because we talked about the lack of one is aimlessness. It's akin to lifelessness. And I told you the story about when my grandfather first let me shoot his little shotgun that he had. And he lined me up and he pointed me towards the woods and he said, now pull the trigger now. Boom. And he said, did you hit it? And I said, hit what? He said, you were, were you not aiming at anything? Did you not aim at something? I was like, uh-uh, I just pulled the trigger. I just let her rip. That's what I did. And, and, and the point being in telling that is we don't want 2023 this year, these coming days to be that for us where we're expending that energy without aim and purpose without saying this is what I'm aiming for. This is what I want to hit because you can expend energy every day and be very busy and not make any progress because you didn't set that mark, that mark of far off to go. I'm here, but I'm, I'm, I'm headed that direction. And what I'm doing needs to move me towards that. I don't want to be aimless. I don't want to treat casual things like they're the most important thing in the world. And I don't want to treat the things that are truly important as if they're just casual. Right. And, and, and that can happen to us when we don't think on it, when we don't consider, when we don't allow that to order what it is that we're doing, what we're thinking, what we're reaching for. And we don't aim. So what really is important in life? Aim at what's important. What's ultimate? That's what Paul is saying. There's some things that are ultimate for me and I'm aiming at those things. When you look back from the end of, when you look back at the end of this year, back at the whole year, Lord willing, we'll get to do that, right? Lord willing, we'll get to do that. If we're still here at the end of 2023 and we look back, What do we want to be different because we lived in that year? What do we want to have happened when we get to the end of the year? What is our aim? What are we looking to? Because that is what we're going to move toward. That's what we're going to move toward. So we know we need to change. We're not yet where we should be. We're not where we used to be. We're... We're in the middle there somewhere. So we know we need to change. What are we going to change so that we can change? What are we going to change so that we can change? You know, you've heard the old uh, old joke. What's the biggest room in your house? The room for improvement. (laughs) The biggest room you have is the room for improvement. And again, when we start talking about this. People respond one of two ways. I'm the one like, give me the list. Give me right now. I'm ready to go. I'm already walking that. Let's go. Give me the list. I feel like I need to already be doing it. And I end up burning myself out three steps in and don't get it done. And then you've got the folks personality a little bit more like Kelly, where she starts hearing rules and she's just like, don't put any rules on me. I don't need any rules. I don't want any. I don't want to fail at the rules. Don't put them on me. So again, deep breath. 
and know and remember, you're not going to be perfect by the end of this year. If you're still here on this earth at the end of this year, looking back on how it went, you're not going to be perfect at the end of the year, no matter what you do. (sighs) Deep breath. He's not asking for perfection from you. He's asking for you to join up with his purpose and his plan for your life. And thankfully, what he's asking us to join up with, even though it may be there may be some difficulty in us for it, it's going to be our greatest joy and our greatest peace because that's what it is that he leads us into. Right. And I know this is all introduction and I'm almost past the introduction. But when we're looking at that and you're starting to get stressed about it, that's not going to help. Remember, there are two lies that you can tell yourself when we start thinking about all this stuff. One is that you can control everything this year, that you can try to control everything. That's a lie. You can tell yourself you can't do that. Right. The other one is I can control nothing. I can control nothing. It's no it won't won't help to do anything because I can control nothing. We see Paul in his writing here, starting in verse 10. He said, I've considered and I've set an ultimate goal. I've set that goal out there. He tells us in verse 12, I've not yet reached it. I've not yet reached that goal. I'm not yet perfect. Verse 13. But here's what I am doing. Verse 14, I'm in pursuit of the goal that I've set. I'm not just wishing and hoping and thinking. I'm actually putting action to what it is that I say I want to move towards. And then verse 15, with some of this came up in our in our conversations this morning, Sunday conversations starting about 930. It's a fun time together in the Lord. I feel like I've already had church by the time we have that. This is just the bonus time. But it says, all who are mature think this way. All who are mature think this way. What? That there's important things in life. We need to set it out there as a goal and we need to be moving towards it. And he always emphasizes if you're not yet mature, it's really best that you get more mature. And you do that the same way. Maybe that's the goal for you that you set out there. And he says, if any of you disagree, the Lord will straighten you out. He said, if any of you think differently, the Lord will reveal it to you. And then we want to get to the verse that I want to talk about today. Verse 16. Because this one. I got stuck on. And whenever I get stuck on one, I stay on one. And verse 16 says, in any case, and I'm reading out of the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. This one may be translated a little bit different for you if you've got a different one. But the the. They all agree as far as what what it's actually saying, the tone of the text. Verse 16, in any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth that we have attained. And again, you'll see some different translations, but they all have the same message of you've made it this far. You've made it to right where you are today in Christ, in your faith walk. You've made it right here. Here's what you need to do. Hold on and press on. Hold on and press forward. Let us live up to the level we've already reached in Christ. That's the way one of them says it. Or to where we've already made it, which we're here, we've made it to right here. Where we've already made it, let us walk and be mindful. 
In any case, we should live up to the truth that we have attained. Wherever you are in this faith faith walk is unique to you. You are the only one that is right where you are. We are very similar, obviously. We're all human. We're all very similar. We've got similar experiences. Some of us come from similar backgrounds. But regardless, you are the only one that is right where you are right now. You are unique in that. And what he's saying is where you are, hold on. Hold on. We should live up to the truth that we've attained. Hold on because we can drift. And nobody, nobody, nobody drifts towards holiness. Nobody drifts towards holiness. Nobody drifts towards good and right things. Drift means what is it? it's aimlessness. It's I'm not hooked to anything. I'm not going in any direction. I'm just kind of like I thought I was closer to that table. I've kind of scooted. Up. I'm, I'm further away than I thought I was. I'm further away than I thought it was. It's a slow process drift. It's small amounts. And it's also dangerous. And it's why we set that aim so that we're not adrift in our Christian life. He's like, wherever you are, first, hold your ground. Hold your ground where you are. Don't turn back. Don't look back. Don't drift back. Wherever you are, however far you've made it, wherever you've made it to today, hold that ground. Hold that ground. Monitor your attention. What you're what you're looking at. Monitor your affections, what you're desiring, what you're looking for, because those are going to affect your direction. Those those can change or alter your direction. So just like Paul, we consider where am I and what I'm doing and what's the end result of that? Because in Christ, we do not want to go backwards. We don't want to go backwards. And again, deep breath. You are you are where you are. You can only start from there. You can only start from where you are and then you press on from there. Now, maybe you didn't press this last year. Maybe you didn't press this last year because you looked at it and you thought it was impossible to move forward from where you were. Maybe you thought it was impossible because you weren't looking at yourself. You were looking at somebody else's level. Right. You were comparing yourself to someone else instead of looking at your own life to go, well, they're an example and I want to imitate them. But there's no way in the world that I can get from where I am to where they are. There's a there, there, there's a huge distance between where I am and where I want to be, which is like them. And we start to say things like, I, 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 I can't do that. I'll never be able to do that. I, 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 and, and what I want to tell you is he has not asked you to be like them. He has not asked you to be like them as they are right now today only to move forward from where you are. Only to move forward from where you are. As Christians, we're supposed to encourage one another. We're not supposed to compare ourselves to one another. We're not supposed to do that. The reason why we're not supposed to do that, I'm on my level. 
If everybody that I'm around is way up higher than me, how am I going to feel? I'm going to feel pretty low. I'm going to feel guilty. I'm going to feel ashamed. I'm going to feel like I'm not doing enough. I'm going to feel like I'm falling way behind, right? I'm going to have a low view of myself if everybody that I'm running with is 10 miles ahead of me. Now, what if I'm just the all-star in the group I'm running with? Everybody else is 10 steps behind me and I'm way up here. Then how do I feel? I feel puffed up, right? I'm going to feel a little conceited. I'm like, yeah, look how good I'm doing. That's why we don't compare ourselves, each one, to one another, because nobody is where you are. Again, we got similarities, but nobody is where you are. There was a brother that shared at Overcomers uh, several weeks ago, and he did a great job. And I was talking to him after, and I was telling him how much I appreciated it. And he said, yeah, I just don't know how y'all do it. You, know, you and my pastor and this other pastor, he said, I don't know how y'all do it. He said, I, I, I studied for a month to talk for 10 minutes. He said, I didn't work really hard on it. I had to have a lot of notes. He said, I don't know how y'all do it every week. And I, I tried to stop everything right there and go, hold on. Hold on, because what you don't realize is I started doing just what you just said. I remember the first time I got asked to preach on a Wednesday night when the pastor was going to be out. And he said, Stephen, I want you to preach, but you're going to have to preach at least 15 minutes. You're going to have to have, Stephen, at least 15 minutes because I can't have people coming in and you preaching for five minutes and saying amen and sitting down. At least 15 minutes. And I was like, God, I think you can do it now. If you told me I had to be held to 15 minutes, that would be the the harder thing for me. But what was he doing? He was comparing where he was right then to where his pastor is now. And it's like, what you don't understand is your pastor studied for 20 years to preach the sermon that he preached on Sunday. It's been building one day on the next. Don't don't shortchange yourself where you are right now by comparing yourself to someone else. What he's calling you to do is to be faithful right where you are, right where you are and press on from where you are. Paul said, in any case, we should live up to the truth that we've attained from where we are. We want to hold on. We don't want to lose any ground, but we also want to move forward from where we are. Are. And as I'm as I'm studying this, as, as I'm thinking on this, you're like, is this all we're going to talk about today? Yes, because apparently it's that important. I had a realization about why I think we people don't press on and pursue from where they are moving forward, which is what Paul tells us to do in verse 13 and 14. Right. I will consider myself to have taken hold, but forgetting what's behind, I'm reaching forward. I'm pursuing as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we doing that? And the first thing, I, I think that we despise where we are and we give up. We say, well, folks are way off ahead of me. I'll never, I might as well just stop. 
I'll never get there. I can't I can't imagine how each of these days stacked one on top of the other would multiply me to get me to where they are. I might as well just just quit instead of being faithful in the everyday. We see it as impossible where we're trying to get from where we are. So we just don't do it. We despise where we are and give up. But the second thing, second main reason I think that we stop, that we don't pursue, that we don't push on is because we get content where we are. We get content where we are because we forgot and we thought it was all about us being content where we were. Right. We thought that this kingdom life was just about helping me get me out of trouble Get me out of that sinful way of life. Get my feet set on solid ground where things aren't going crazy all the time, where I've got a little bit of control over my emotions, where I've learned some wisdom. I've learned how to make better choices. I I know how to walk with the Lord and find the peace that comes from that. And I get to a point where things get to going pretty good. And I go, this is probably far enough. This is good. Because this was about getting me to this point, and I feel like I'm almost there. I feel like things are going pretty well. I think I can just camp out right here. Right? We stop pressing because we get comfortable, we get content, which is good. And we thought it was just about getting us to that point. That it was just about getting us there. I started reading a book that was recommended to me. It's an old book. I like to read. I like reading older books because I've realized the truth doesn't change. And the older books, if they've stood the test of time, you know, you read a book now and then, you know, a year. I like especially like to read books written by dead people because then they can't disappoint you. <laughs> right. Have you ever read a book by somebody and then three years later they just twist off and go absolutely crazy? And you're like, I can't even tell people I read this book now because of how they've acted. But I'm reading this book and it was written in 1980. Been a little while ago. And it quotes the Wall Street Journal, an article that was being written about uh, Christianity and evangelical Christianity in the United States. And in the one of the thought leaders at the time said it, it, one of the difficulties that was facing the evangelical Christian movement again in the 80s was he said it's difficult to get people steadily involved in anything but their own spiritual lives. It's difficult to get people steadily involved in anything uh, but their own spiritual Lives. He's like, people are starting to get so much more focused on just their individual life and what's in it for them. That, that, that is beginning to come their focus. He's like, so it's hard to get them together to do anything because their, their focus is just getting themselves to a certain point so that they can be comfortable and they can be content. Now, since then, I think that's grown a little bit more, Right. I think we started, because that's what people were looking for, that's what we started to give them. Here's how you get here. And again, we need to be moving forward. But my aim shouldn't be just so I can get there. Shouldn't be just so I can get there. And you see now with the more focus on that, you've got more people that are discontent, more people that are disinvolved, more people that are disengaged. Why? Because they got to where you told them they were supposed to get 
and it didn't really fix anything. They, they, weren't, they weren't content like they should have been, or they reached a level where they, just the wisdom and the principles of the Word, they got to a point that was comfortable, and they said, this is good, this is far enough. I'm going to stop right here. When you think it's just about you, you'll stop pressing when you reach that calm, still place. And you may, you may even stop holding on, because look, it's just me. It's just me. I mean, it doesn't affect anybody else. It's just me, right? I'm doing good. This is enough. And again, it is about you some. Looking at Paul's language, he, he starts off talking about I and me. I considered this. I uh, considered this to be lost. I press on my goal. But then in verse 15, he shifts and he starts to use uh, we and us language. Verse 15. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal it to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. So as we mentioned earlier, wherever you are, hold on and press on. We're similar. Right. But you're the only one that is where you are. And I promise, I promise you do not fully understand your value to the body of Christ. You don't. You may have an estimate. Of, you may have an idea of it. You do not understand the fullness of your value to the body of Christ because only you are where you are and only you are like you. You are so valuable. Yes, you, you, you are valuable to the body of Christ and so, so needed. Needed, not just getting you from where you were up to where you are and moving you forward individually, again, which is good. We all need to be doing that. But as a body, you are extremely valuable. You are needed, not just as a point on a scoreboard, not just as we got another one. We got another one in the seat. We got another one who's coming. We we got another one who's attending, not just as a point on a scoreboard, you are valuable because only you are where you are. Only you can minister from where you are. Only you can help from where you are. Only you can speak to where you are. Only you can do that. He said, in any case, we should live up to the truth that we've attained. We need to hold on We need to press on. And what would keep us from doing that? One, we're looking at somebody else thinking, I got to be like them. I'm never going to be like them. Nobody's asking you to do that. Nobody's asking you to be like somebody else by the end of this year. What he is asking us, and again, it's for our joy and our peace and our good, is to move forward from where it is that we are closer to him. How much closer? We'll see. At least a little bit, right? At least a little bit that we press on, we, not looking at other people because that can sh- shut us down. 
and not thinking that it's just about me. Because if it's just about me, I don't know. I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at. I think I'd rather not. I think I'd rather not, right? Because it's not easy to move forward. I'm comfortable where I am. I'd rather not. And if it's just about me, that's a fine answer. But Scripture is full telling us it's not just about you. It's not just about you. And if you are fine and you are comfortable and you are strong, guess what? He will take your strength and give it to somebody who's weak so that they can become strong. He will take your joy and give it to somebody who's downtrodden so they can find joy. He will take your peace and allow you to bring it into a situation where peace is not ruling and peace is not reigning and allow peace to take over minds and households because you brought it there. It is not just about you. It is not just about me getting from point A to point B. It's about bringing many sons and daughters to glory. It's about renewal in the areas that you're in, your household, your workplace, your community, seeing Christ lifted up. And that's not easy. That's why people have chosen not to do it. Because we thought it was just about us. I'm doing good. What about them? Well, they should just make better decisions like I did. They should just follow Jesus like I did, right? It's not just about us. You are extremely valuable to the body of Christ because you are you and you are where you are. And nobody else is that. There is nobody else that is that. In any case, we should live up to the truth that we've attained. Remember, he considered, took time. He looked in that seven magnification mirror. Let's look close at this. It's just not going to be fun. It's not fun to look in that close up mirror. It's not fun to take a close look at your life, your own soul, your own thoughts and intents. It's not fun, but it's helpful because it gives you the ability to order things. This is important. I thought this was important, but it's not. I had this kind of midway, and this is really important. I need to pay attention to this. Reorder, and then I set my aim. Where do I set my aim from? Exactly where I am. From where I am, I set my aim, and then I hold on and I press on. Verse 17. I was calling a few things. I'm running out of time or where I want to finish. Verse 17. Join in. Join in. He's saying, hey, everybody, come on. Everybody join in in what he said, join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example that you have with us. He's saying, join in, do what it is that I've told you that I'm doing. Consider your ways. Set your goal from where you are. Let's move forward. Let's hold our ground. Let's not give anything back to the enemy that we've already won, but let's press forward, understanding that it's not just about us. It's not just about us. And when you do these things, it's going to be even more valuable to the body than it will be to you yourself, which is good for you, because the more valuable you are to the body and the more useful you are in the body, the more joy you're actually going to have than if you were just by your Self. And he says, pay attention 
to the brothers and sisters. For your encouragement. He's like, you're going to come together and you're going to be tired of pressing in. But you're going to get around other people that are doing the same thing. And you're going to get inspired and say, no, yes, we can do this. I'm not by myself. I'm not alone in this. I'm encouraged. I'm built up. When I'm low, they're high. When I'm high, I can pull them up if they are low. And then, I didn't read this earlier. He tells us why we need to be doing this. He's told us what to do, but why we do it is just as important, right? We need to know the why. And he starts that in verse 18. He's, and just, he's saying, all of this, join in, be a part of this. 18, for I've often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. They are focused on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of His glorious body by the power that enables Him to subject everything to Himself. So then, my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters, my joy and my crown, In this manner, stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. Why does he say we need to be about this? Why why is he going to take this focus? Why is he going to take this effort? Because there is evil in the world. And it's going to be brought underneath the subjection of Jesus Christ. He's going to make all things new and he's going to use you to do part of it. He's going to have you take newness into those old places, light into darkness, hope into hopelessness. We need this because there's evil in the world. I read this just last night, a quote. Somebody said, you want to be like Jesus? Focus less on trying to be like him and focus more on trying to be with him. Because we can get caught up in like, he's that away and I'm this away. I gotta gotta get myself disciplined. I gotta try really hard. I gotta flex and do as much as I can. But what that brother was saying is all of that's gonna come the more that you're with him. Are you trying to be with him? What Paul say, my goal is to know him. My goal is to know him and not just know him for myself, but to know him, all of us together. All of us together. Because that withness, as it as it grows, so will the likeness. Because you are who you're around. You become more like who it is that you spend your time with. That's a whole other thing. So ask him. Ask him. Lord, from where I am this year, where I am right now, and again, you're the only one that is where you are, where I am right now, help me to hold on. Help me to press on from right where I am right now. Help me to hold on and to press on, not for my sake only, but for all of those who are walking with me. Let that be your overall aim. And then we're going to work out how to do some of the things underneath that to 
carry out those steps. But my overall aim is that I be closer to him at the end of this year than I am right now. That I grow in closeness with him. Because that's also, when I do it with the right attitude, going to bring me closer to his body, isn't it? What will you change so that you can change? What will you change? You know you need to change. That's why we came to Jesus. We weren't okay like we were. He's been changing us. What will you change so that you can change? Because let each of us, in any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have already attained. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. It's alive and active and it cuts us sometimes. It cuts into our thoughts and the intents of our heart. It separates even soul and spirit. But Father, I thank you that you don't do so to grievously wound us. You do so to surgically help us. To help remove the old and, and bring healing to us. You sent your word and it healed, heals us. Brings us to health and wholeness and wellness. I thank you that as we consider that we don't do so on our own because we'd be left with those big questions. How's this going to go? What's going to happen here? How's that going to work? We'd be left by ourselves doing that and that would be uh, great distress. But you don't leave us alone. You're there. You're kind and you're gracious. You've put on our heart some things for this year. I thank you that we would dig down into those and see where our aim needs to be to reach them. Because you've called us from right where we are to grow closer to you, closer to the body of Christ, and to be effective. Because it's not just about us. And our greatest joy and our greatest peace is going to come from fulfilling our part in your body. Whatever it is that you have us to do, because we're all uniquely situated. Help us to carry renewal into the world around us that you would be lifted up because where you're lifted up, you'll draw all people to you. I thank you for being with us in those tense times when we're looking in the microscopic view, we're looking closely at our life. I thank you that you will firmly remind us that we are deeply loved and fully accepted in Christ Jesus. And it's from that position that you're calling us into greater joy. I thank you that you give us strength and endurance to pursue the goal that you're setting in front of us this year and to give thought to our aim so that our energy and our attention and our affection of each day would be more effective for us and for your kingdom. Guys, we get ready to go. I thank you for each and every man and woman here that you have a plan for them and a purpose. And as they ask you, you're faithful to share that with them. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Or for those that are out from among us today, travel and keep them safe. Weak in their body, bring them strength and health in Jesus' name. Lord, if they're working, that they do so to your glory as, as unto you so that it'll shine as a bright light in a tired world. Lord, as we go into this week, that we do so with you in mind, that we acknowledge you 
in all of our ways and ask you to direct our paths. Put words in our mouth when we need to speak and give us pause when we need to be silent and listen. I thank you that you will lead us in green pastures and beside those still waters and you restore our soul. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your love. All in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.